Oscar Poker. Hey, Phil. What's up with hey, you? Hey, Sasha. <laughs> How are you guys on this fine Sunday morning? I'm well. Yourself? I was. I was just thinking about uh, the birds on Blu-ray. Mm. How, oh. how I. How I um, it's going. Hitchcock didn't anticipate Blu-ray because if he had, he wouldn't have used those really large uh, painted backdrops. Uh huh. Like you know the the, the soundstage scene when. Rod Taylor is talking to Tippy Hedren on the hillside on the yeah, uh, and and it's all paint in the background. It's strictly a painting, and it really, really looks like one. Oh dear, <laughs> no! I don't think that that I don't think. Well, there's some Hitchcock's that would be great on Blu-ray, like Psycho. I'm sure is like fantastic on on Blu-ray, right? I think it's one of the most beautiful black and white Blu-rays that I own because it's, I bet yeah it's, the the blacks and the uh, it's really silvery and shimmery. It's just wonderful. Mm. Well, actually, the truth is that they DNR'd it a little bit. They did a little digital noise reducing. Uh, it doesn't really look like the film. It looks, in my uh, peon view of things, better than a film because it, it's mm. it's heightened and and really intense and so uh, detailed. It's wonderful. So. Nice, but uh, but you know, the older he got, the lazier he got. He was more yeah. into process shots with uh, people. Whenever people were in cars, particularly um, 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 the Bruce Stern uh, um, uh, family plot. I mean, he really just. Um, you, you, I guess he could kind of accept or go with his process shots when he was in his black and white period. But it mm-hmm. really didn't look that good when he got older in the sixties and early seventies. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's true. But there are some amazing things in The Birds. It's like one of my favorite Hitchcocks, and I think it's really underrated as one of his greatest films because it's so funny. I mean, not funny, but it's so strange, strangely psychotic, you know, how they blame her for The Birds and how she comes up and she upsets. One one excitable woman blames her. Yeah, but the whole sort of idea of this beautiful blonde coming in and, and disrupting this town with, like, the guy's weird mom and the guy's weird girlfriend. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just... Anyway, so, hey, yeah. how's it going, yeah. Phil? Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> How are should... you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. really good. Um, cool. I guess we should do box office, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I, I just want to let you guys know, give you a heads up on about this, Um I used to have somebody who was covering for me on the international numbers, mm-hmm. um, and that is no more. So my time's going to be a little bit cramped on Sundays. Oh. Um, so if we you mean you start. lost your international person? As we speak, uh, there's a guy who's from Vancouver who is doing the migration right now. My God. Uh, 
for uh, for Hollywood Elsewhere, and I will be a WordPress person, he assures me, okay. by next weekend. It's a long, long process, he says, because mm. of the... Um, there's there's just mountains and mountains of of comments and data go uh, the right. comments uh, started uh, you know the bloggy blog comments started in 06 mm-hmm. so you're talking 6 years worth of this and it's yeah, just yeah. taking forever you know i'm sure plus, plus after it's up he's going to have to go in there and you know sometimes yes. they have like really weird uh coding problems when they transfer from movable type to that was the only part of it that i anticipated being um time consuming was if that happened like when i transferred my movable type to wordpress it took with it a whole bunch of weird characters uh-huh yeah and so you have to manually go in and, and take those out and that takes yeah. a while i mean yeah. you can do Jeff is used to going in and manually taking out weird characters he bans people all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, <I'm pumped>. yeah. <laughs> but seriously, folks, I'll be here all <laughs> Seriously, folks. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's going on with box office? How about This Ford? was an insanely huge weekend. Um, Lorax came along and totally shattered expectations. Most people didn't have it anywhere close to $50 million in terms of you know what we were predicting. Mm. And it, it did over 70 Um so this seventy is million dollars for the yeah. Lorax, even with all the yeah. bad reviews. Yep. yep. God. So it's. I mean, it's just a prime example of families wanted to go to the movies, and this gave them an excuse because families they, don't give a damn how nope. bad something is. They'll just, you know, right? I mean, they've never. I I can remember from the days when I would take. I mean, if I felt that it was even a little bit tolerable, we were going to go because that would be <laughs> two hours of taking. <laughs> guys and they would be calmed down it would be a good thing so i didn't care i knew it was probably going to be painful for me but that's the nice thing about uh, what happened during when the kids were, were growing up in the early 90s and mid 90s is that that was the time when uh katzenberg and the disney people decided to make uh movie uh family movies that were not parent punishers right and that's that was really a golden era for me because i was like i could get off on the hip dialogue and the robin williams and, and aladdin and everything and then the kids could love it on another level. So it was really, really a nice time. But yeah. I don't think that's happening anymore, is it? I mean, this is not – this is kind of a parent punishment from what I read. No? Um, well, I mean, it does have the subtext of the, you know, environmental stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound – it doesn't sound like Wally or Up. You know? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, Universal is mm-hmm. – they're doing a very good job at competing with Pixar, but – yeah. They're not on the same level story-wise yet. I mean, you know, Despicable Me, um, yeah. Horn Hears a Who, these kind of things are not, you know, right. the, the masterpieces that Wally and Up are. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just good in general for, you know, because we're coming off a slow year in, in 2011, a down year, and this year has just been really good so far. Every th- a lot of these movies are just coming along and completely, you know, surprising. Safe House, The Vow, you know, people had big expectations for both of those and they destroyed and then now we have you know two weeks from now hunger games which it's going to feel like summer in march because that thing is going to do you know some people are saying a hundred million dollar opening weekend Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah what is the under the undertow of course is that you know um just none of those films including the the decent but not great but pretty good Safe House, none of those films uh, really uh, are in the pantheon of anybody who knows or cares about movies in general in a real sincere Catholic way. These are just 
programmers. They're they're movies that people just wanted to see for whatever reason. I'm not bemoaning. I think it's great that for exhibition and for the business in general, but none of them are are that good. Yeah, I mean that's it's you're right. I mean, and you look at it and you have to say, okay, these movies aren't that great. You know, why are people that interested in them? And it's I don't even think it's that they're that interested in these movies. They just want to get out of the house. You know what I mean? And that's what we always say when you know I get phone calls about why you know why is 2011 down versus 2010? Well, it's a cyclical business. I mean, it you know you go through waves. Um, you have a couple bad months and then you hit a couple good months. And mm-hmm. right now we're in a new boom. I mean, this is this is pretty insane, actually. I mean, to to see something like this happening in, in March, um, you know, it's it's great. It's great for the industry as a whole. So, and if you want to talk Oscar, uh, Sasha, you might as well put the Lorax on your list because oh, I don't God. think uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll ignore something that's going to be you know like it'll definitely be potentially nominated. Yeah. sure, with all this money, of course. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There's your first. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Lorax is the first Oscar contender of 2012. Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> I suppose, but I don't know. They're, you know, in the end, they don't always bow to money or Harry Potter would have been nominated for something. Do you realize that Harry Potter never won a single Oscar in all the years that it ran? Not a single Harry Potter movie won an Oscar. Wow. Not for art direction, not for costume, not for visual effects, nothing. Whew. I would have uh, think it would have, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's just a, a rote thing that if it makes that much money, you give it at least something. I know. But, you know, but they didn't uh, because even the, with everybody acknowledging that the last one was actually pretty good, it was a nice, uh, nice finale. It probably the, my favorite of all of them. Um, uh, you know, the, the first one and the very last one. Mm-hmm. But uh, nope, they just couldn't see doing it. So. I guess they felt it was just become too much of a background thing. I don't know why. But, uh... I, I'll never understand that. I mean, why does you know Return of the King gets an Oscar basically because you know the other two movies made right. so much money and were so popular, and mm-hmm. Harry Potter can't even get you know into one of the the ten spots. I mean, I'm I'm really surprised that the, yeah. some kind of movement didn't start up. Oh, they did. They spent so much money on ads. They were it was all over town. It was like attention must be paid, and you know people were writing about it. Fans had set up websites about it, but in the end, unfortunately for for uh, for Harry Potter, is that as the movies went along, they got more and more convoluted and more and more sort of book specific, like. You couldn't watch that last movie and have any idea what the fuck was going on <laughs> unless you read the books, you know, and you knew. because And that's the problem is that they could not connect to it. So even if it managed to – like if they did the 10 best pictures like they did the two previous years, there's a chance it might have been got, – it might have gotten in. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that was like – they picked nine shitty – well, no, they not nine shitty movies, five pretty good movies, five great movies maybe, and then five really bad movies but or something like that. But anyway, uh, when when the, the 10 was designed to sort of award movies like that, movies that aren't going to be number one movies for Academy voters, you know? Dragon mm-hmm. Tattoo was never going to be a number one movie for these guys, you know? But if, if you allow for more um, – breadth and sort of a a broad academy support and you you open it up to number twos and number threes then you start getting the more popular choices like harry potter and dragon tattoo and district nine and the dark knight and movies like that dark knight um made all that money 500 something million dollars and 
missed Best Picture to the reader, <laughs> which is a joke. But yeah. Um, yeah. but The Dark Knight, even still under under this year's system, still wouldn't have gotten in. I don't think it would have had enough number one votes. This is not a number. I mean, they they would absolutely have picked the reader number one over Dark Knight. These people, right? Yeah. So. So if uh, did uh, Sasha, did you happen to see anything that did open this weekend? Um, you know, you didn't see the I didn't see the Lorax, but did you see? No, I'm I'm um, scheduled to see John Carter, like okay. on Tuesday maybe. I think it's Tuesday. Uh, did you see John Carter yet? I have um, I have to ask Disney if I if I could please see one of their films, and they, they generally oblige. Uh, maybe they've got a bone up their behinds about my um, um, war horse uh, uh, postings over the months. But I don't uh, think I, it's that much of a problem. I'll just have to ask. You're saying that the all media is going to happen on Tuesday? Um, I'm asking. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's on Tuesday. Is the 7th? Is that Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when it's happening. Oh, no, it's, it's Wednesday. So it's not some Disney lot thing. It's the big all media on Hollywood Boulevard at the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's actually Thursday, <laughs> which is the day before it opens. Ooh, okay, there you go. So that's bad. That's, <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I think that's going to be painful, uh, really painful. Uh, I, what I, do you I think? Yeah. Like, you know, because it's a big disaster movie and it's going to lose all kinds of money. It's going to be – it has already been decided that it's a disaster no matter what happens. What do you think is going to happen, Joe? Do you have any projections? Yeah, I mean, we we bumped our prediction up a little bit this weekend, but it's not by much. I mean, heading into the weekend, we were at like 21 million, and now we're thinking it might do 25 or 26. Um, so, I mean, it's Lorax is obviously going to kill it, and that's going to be just another embarrassment for Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing is just it's going to sink really fast. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and and Lorax, you know, Lorax having a huge sophomore frame might even hurt it because. Something like John Carter was probably borderline for a lot of families, even with the PG-13. Even if they had, you know, eight or nine-year-old boys, they might say, okay, it's PG-13, but it's Disney. Let's show up. But if Lorax is this juggernaut, they might say, oh, you know, we didn't see Lorax yet. Let's go see that instead of John Carter. It's safer. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just not looking good. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be in the history books, you know, with – Battlefield Earth, Ishtar, you know, all, <laughs> Heaven's Gate, all these movies. Um, that's already, like you said, been decided. Um, wow, really? Yeah, I mean, it's there's no way to avoid that now. Its fate is sealed, unless it does, unless it does something crazy internationally. Like if it just blows up abroad, um, maybe that'll be a, a saving grace. But I doubt it. I mean, too many people focus on domestic box office. You know, it's it's the symptom of. We think that North America is the world, um, <laughs> hmm. you know, and and if something doesn't hit here, then it's automatically a bomb. But you know, what's Just it? the gulf between uh, between people that are uh, that make livings off writing about movies and caring about movies, like myself and Sasha and Phil. There's a uh, you know, I um, the things the films that opened this week, uh, being Flynn, which I, I I couldn't I could barely get through. I thought it was. Uh, a uh, really tedious uh, film. There was Boy, which wasn't too bad. Uh, uh, why are you laughing? I don't know. I just uh, tedious. Is it so? It's that bad, huh? Yeah, this is awful. I thought. I mean, uh, you know, you'll find 
people on Rotten Tomatoes and, and uh, Metacritic that thought it was great, but they're, they're I, I don't know what they could possibly be have seen. I mean, mm. I saw the same movie. So. Mm. Uh, the Snowtown Murders is a gruesome Australian crime film uh, that um, uh, said it's very slow and, and ponderous, not ponderous, but kind of just kind of sits there, and then it has some really awful, grisly murder scenes. Uh, that opened in New York only. There's the <clears throat> greatest uh, um, commercial hit in China ever called uh, Let the Bullets Fly. Right, Phil? Wasn't that the all-time uh, biggest Chinese-made uh, box office hit in China? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Did, yeah. You, even, did you even see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it either. You know, I, but I, know, I don't, I don't want to see it just based upon what I, what I can, uh, you know, uh, what, I, what it seems to be. Tim and Eric's billion-dollar movie, limited... That was supposed to be pretty awful, according to many reviewers that I read, including Roger Ebert. You know, it's funny. It's just I'm just trying to point out that the, that the, this is a big, uh, bountiful time for box office, and people like me are just kind of saying, well, "I'm supposed to go see this stuff," you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's depressing. I mean, it's I'm waiting for the the art house side of the industry, or you know, the, yeah. the specialty side, to to wake up to the fact yeah. that you can put movies out that are quality all year long and they'll, they'll succeed because the the mainstream side of it's getting it because you know normally you would see something like the lorax or hunger games or john carter um mm-hmm. and that would be held until the summer or you know mm-hmm. november december and that's not the case anymore they're saying oh shit you know if we put something out in march people are still going to show up so yeah. why should we unnecessarily you know have to compete with things and that should be the way it is with the oscar contenders too it should be let's put something out in march and april and you know, like yeah, but pe- but and, people who are making films for the quality-seeking audience, the, the the regular audience that went to pay to see Lorax and and uh, and will pay for Hunger Games, they they can smell quality and they and they run the opposite direction when they do that, as you know. That's not what they're interested in having. They're interested in kicking back and having a pretty good time watching a film. They don't want to see a quality movie. Yeah, but I mean that's that's always going to be the case, and that's yeah. it doesn't matter what time of year it is. But I mean, you know, last year at this time we had beginners. I mean, you know, and and that was a pretty sizable hit for for yeah. what it was. That's true. So it, it should happen. I mean, we sh- this shouldn't be just a dry period where all you know intelligent adults who care about movies have to basically go into hibernation. I mm-hmm. mean, Sasha's probably not going to see a movie for another. Well, three, after three, she, four sees John, <laughs> she sees a movie every three months at this time of year, and then come September and October, she she's there every night. It's Next so time. sad, but you know, yeah. I kind of took a little bit of a leap forward this this year. I um because I, I'm on more screener lists, so I did get invited to John Carter. You know, I mean, that's sort of like nothing I would have gotten before. And I, you know, my friend, uh, I had a friend who liked to go see these kind of movies, so I would say yes to a lot more of them. Huh? And um, if that were still the case, I would probably go see more movies. But I don't think um, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. So I think it's going to be more like uh, you know now that it's the, the off summer, everybody's going to try to focus on their work, and nobody's going to want to go just hang out at the movies. And you know, I, 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 Eddie, Eddie Murphy. You know, have you noticed how Eddie Murphy has become Tyler Perry? You know, Tyler Perry. He comes out with a movie. You know, he's going to his audience is going to show up, and he's going to do pretty well, and he's he's multimillionaire, but. Eddie Murphy, he does the same thing. Thousand words out next week. I don't know of anybody who is paying any attention to it. It's going to open and I guess do a certain amount of business that his movies have done. 
Do you have any projections for a thousand words? I don't have the slightest yeah, interest or awareness in this thing, but it's coming out a week from now. That's so yeah. weird. We're, we're at like five million opening for that. It's just gonna sink. He's. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, there. It, it has all the signs of a movie that's just being dumped. So yeah. he's not Tyler Perry, then you're saying Tyler Perry does better than he does. Oh yeah, I mean Tyler Perry's a. Yeah. You know, he's his own empire. I mean, that guy is huge. You know, even when he does something like Good Deeds, which is not, you know, there's no Medea in there. No, um, the shucking and jiving is, is held to a minimum. Um, you know, he's, uh, people still show up for his, his stuff. How much uh, is that one going to make, Good Deeds? Uh, it's, let me see, I, I haven't looked at the number. It's, it's going to top off at like 50 maybe. Um, I forget what it's at right now, but... You know, it's it doesn't matter. I mean, his relationship with Lionsgate is golden. You know, he's he's got carte blanche there. He could have two or three disappointments, and oh no, it, it'll. I'm sorry, it'll do less than fifty because right now it's only at twenty five point seven. So yeah, it'll it'll be lucky to squeak um, like forty million. Hmm. Um, but you know, he'll he'll do a Medea movie next, and then everything will be good. Um, have you seen uh, the art? Are you ads for that film? For Good Deeds? Yes. I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just standing there looking at the camera uh, in, a, in a suit. What does, that, what does that tell you? I mean, that, <laughs> Right? I mean, the other so, ones you'll yeah, see Tyler an ensemble or will be a kind of relationship or, you know, amongst the family members. It's always kind of an ensemble. I don't, I don't have a clue what, <laughs> what it is based on the art. So. Not that I have any interest in seeing his films because I think he's a terrible filmmaker. But... I can't tell what it's about. Can you? Yeah, I can pretty much tell. You know? What's it about? What is, what, I'm based on the art in, that I'm seeing in the, in the posters. What is it? Uh, did you read a synopsis? Well, I'm going to say something that's going to sound really hideous and racist right now. But um, okay. because I'm a white person and I can't talk about anything about black people without sounding like a racist because no white person can. Right? Mm-hmm. But given but, all that, push that aside for a minute. I'm going to make okay. an, another generalization. It's like quote-unquote black movies, movies that are um, For the black, audience. black audiences, yeah. they, they actually like tell kind of long, interesting, uh, deeply emotional stories that they don't tell in white films anymore because the directors are all trying to be too hot shit. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be me, 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 look at what a great director I am, instead of I'm going to tell you a good story. And then they get killed by the critics because look at what the critics are so unhip and ridiculous. They don't get how good a movie like, for instance, Just Right with Queen Latifah is. It's a great movie. You know, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's uh, a great story with a great female character. Queen Latifah's in it, and she's she plays like a, a, a physical therapist who's in love with a basketball star. I mean, it's yeah, I really. I saw that. I thought it was really good. And I think that Tyler Perry and you know is going to be making this movie for people who want to sink down and watch. I mean, they remind me of like the French movies. You know how the French movies that not the ones that hit here obviously not the artist, but movies that, you know, they just kind of tell these long rambling stories and they never hem themselves in and just when you think the third act is over, like three more acts come after it. Um, that's what these remind me of. They're just somebody telling stories that people might be interested in about the human experience. You know, I don't know what that means in terms of great films. I know they're never going to make IMDb's top, you know, hundred list, but um, I don't know. I don't devalue them at all. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, didn't I, mean, believe I think you're being a little too nice to Tyler Perry. I no, mean, come on. I love Tyler. How Perry. many of his movies have you seen? 
None. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go, he's, go a dread, watch, like, he's a dreadful filmmaker. Yeah, go watch but I'm gonna see the, the new movies. <laughs> the, the Medea movies are awful. And, and not only because it's, it's bad storytelling, but it's the worst. He's basically, you know, exploiting stereotypes of his culture oh, and, and making okay. a lot of money off it. It's, it's awful. I mean, Spike Lee is a, a, a 100% justified in ripping this guy to shreds. It's, it's that bad. I mean, I couldn't. Medea's Big Happy Family was the first movie I saw from him that uh-huh. had Medea in it. And I mm-hmm. couldn't believe I was watching that in, you know, the year 2011. That's right. that's just how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I didn't you know, believe you, for a second. By the way, Sasha, I'm sorry, Phil. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, no, no, I'm done. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, Sasha. You know, Common, the guy who played the basketball player. Yeah. And, and I didn't believe for uh, one split second that he would a guy like that, pretty good looking guy, athletic, uh, you know, doing pretty well in his field. I didn't believe that he would be interest, uh, attracted to um, a woman like uh, who looks like Queen Latifah. She's she's too stout and too heavy. She's not as tight. Birds of a feather tend to be, you know, flocked together. Well, he, that's just, the whole movie is he's first not attracted to her. He's attracted to her prettier <clears throat> Paula Patton, the sister. <laughs> yeah, know? I know because the, the 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 guys are attracted to the hot women, but the, the, Paula Patton has nothing going on inside. She's shallow and she's materialistic. She's worthless as a human being. Whereas. Uh, but she was such a good worthless one. Like you know, uh, compare her to um, to Rachel McAdams in Midnight in Paris, and like the yeah. Paula Patton character was. Yes, yeah, she was somebody who liked to go out and party, and she was all into the money. And yes, she was shallow and everything. But in a mm-hmm. weird way, you could kind of see where she was coming from. She had a commodity to trade, which was her good looks, and she wasn't just right. going to throw that away to anybody. But right. she wasn't like a shrill, mean bitch. Like she was human. That's what I loved about that movie was that the characters were so 360 degrees. They were so fully fleshed out and dimensional. And I did I'll give believe- you that. I, she was a more satisfying, uh, unlikable character than Rachel McAdams was in Midnight in Paris. You're true. That's very true. And I, I liked. Um, I liked how he went for uh, Queen. Le- Wouldn't you? I was watching that movie and oh my god, really? You're going to go for the girl who brings you nothing except arm candy over the girl who basically turns your whole career around. And, yeah, she's a little dumpy, but she was sexy. Queen Latifah's a fucking... <laughs> she's hot, dude. I mean, I think she's hot. I don't think so. Don't I think honestly so well. think she's a very... She's a pleasant enough person, but she's gay in real life. And I don't know. I just don't... <laughs> just, you know, doesn't do it for me. <laughs> she might oh, be man. gay. I don't know. But I believed that this character, this particular guy, would have gone for that particular... Plus, since he was like a mama's boy, you know? Yeah, he was kind on of. to his mama, and and Queen Latifah was more fun to hang out with. And I mean, maybe if it was a <clears throat> like a I don't know, a more of a truthful movie, it might have her like you know get the lap band, <laughs> lose forty <laughs> pounds, and show up all thin and pretty. Um, I don't know, but I liked it. You know, I liked that story. I thought it was good, and it was. So, Phil, is there any art house stuff opening on either March 9th or the sixteenth that might? Uh, find a little bit of an audience, like salmon fishing in the Yemen, or um, or friends with kids, or you know anything. Footnote: Friends with talking? kids. I mean, th- that has a lot of potential. I, I would, I'd love to see something like that click. And you know, it has the star power with Kristen Wiig and, and John Hamm in, in it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, salmon fishing in the Yemen. Uh, you know, I, I'd be really surprised if that connected. Um, you know, yeah. which it's unfortunate because I like what CBS Films does i mean it's it's good mm-hmm. anytime a smaller distributor goes after well you can't call cbs a small distributor but mm-hmm. you know it's it's good to see somebody challenge the big six um mm-hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be slow. Uh, Casa de mi Padre, maybe <laughs> the, the Will Ferrell thing. That's Will Ferrell thing. <laughs> I don't I don't think they're rolling that out wide right away. I love that that's all Spanish. It's not one word of English in the whole film, correct? I I believe that's the case. I haven't seen it yet. I, I believe it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my understanding is. But yeah, I mean the the big story next weekend that you know everybody's going to be writing about is John Carter, and then <clears throat> yeah. uh, they're they're readying the, the, their knives, they're being sharpened, and it's going to be brutal. It's going to be a bloodbath. So is it really? Yeah. So it's, you're saying you know, not even the, the like the dumb tweener boys are going to go see it? They will, but I mean that's that's not enough anymore. I mean you can't just. You know, you can't bank when you have a two hundred fifty million dollar movie. You can't just bank on teenage boys. You have how can to be- people go to to these CG movies with CG monsters and and really get up? I mean, you know, when you've reached a certain peak, I mean, I thought that the um, work in Avatar was was had sort of upped the game a little bit. I don't see how they can. Um, you know, I I think it looks horrible from what I've seen. You know, the John yeah, Carter I mean- monsters. I mean. Yeah, where did they spend the money? I mean, the, yeah, I agree with you. It's, so it's what? It was $200 million, right? Two, I've heard 250 Yeah, And oh. I don't even know if that includes the, the marketing on the thing. If that doesn't include the marketing, then <laughs> they're really in trouble because, mm. you know, they probably spent, you know, at least another $50 million trying to sell the thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just going to be you know, brutal. It'll be in that... You know, they'll, they'll have to put out another edition of that the book of flops that you, you wrote about. The other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that guy will have another edition to sell. Oh, it's um, so sad, right? I mean, the best yeah. of intentions. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's unfortunate that it happens to, to Andrew Stanton, who's, you know, a talented guy from, from Pixar. And, you know, you see Brad Bird come out and do live action with Mission Impossible and, and knock it out of the park. And then this guy tries it and he's going to be, you know, sent away with his tail between his legs. So, you know, it just goes to show you, you can never guarantee a hit or anything like that. Well, after the failure of John Carter, then we're going to see the likely success, wouldn't you estimate, of 21 Jump Street when it opens on March 16th? That's pretty good from what I hear. Yeah, the word of mouth there is good. Um, You know, Channing Tatum's on fire now, and and so is Jonah Hill. So you you put two of them together, and, you know, it's a recipe for success. I mean, I, you know... That's that's going to definitely be huge. So yeah, I mean the month of Mar- month of March in general is just going to be gigantic at the box office. Um, which yeah. you know, more power to it. So, and Harvey Weinstein's bully opens on March thirtieth. Yeah, what- um, that's that's an interesting thing. I don't know what's going to happen there because I don't. You know, they're not going to get their PG thirteen. I don't think um, that's just not going to happen. Harvey can kick and scream and. You know, do what he's doing. Uh, he knows do, full well. He's he's doing a good job, but he knows damn well that very few people want to see a documentary about about bullies picking on you know thin kids, dorky kids. You know, it's not going to make that much difference if it's an R or a G or a PG or anything. It's still going to be a little documentary. But he's getting a lot of press here of it, and this is what that's he does. That's what he's doing, well. and that's all about yeah. press, and that's great. You know, he's yeah. smart about that. This this right. whole thing with the P, with the rated R and all that, that is just publicity. Mm-hmm. He could have that changed if he wanted to so fast. <clears throat> I mean, have, well, I, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know. I I don't think it's a matter of that. I he mean, could just have it. What did he do with the King's speech? Did the same thing, right? Oh, the f bombs in mm-hmm. King's speech. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So oh, yeah. Just, I mean, if you really right. want to PG thirteen, you bleep it out, yeah. but then you yeah. lose all the publicity, right? So it's a good yeah. ploy. You know, 
it's a good ploy. So good for him. I hope that it works. Isn't it funny? Uh, just said uh, poor John Carter. I think we mentioned this before, but you know, if they had used uh, the original title and called it John Carter of Mars, and the estimations of their marketing departments and their surveys, they would have made even less than what they're going to make when it opens because women don't like the sound of of Mars because that sounds, you know, kind of women. <clears throat> Why is it women? Why does it have well, to that's, be? Women? I'm just re repeating what I read in the summaries by, you know, the, the LA Times and, and, and that they, they, they dropped it because they, their surveys indicated that they, that it would be less popular with the word, if they took it uh, with the word of Mars, John Carter of Mars would make it less popular. Remove of Mars, then you just have a thing called John Carter, which might be less alienating to the um, segment that doesn't like uh, sci-fi fanboy stuff, which is women. Mm -hmm. so. Oh. I mean, they did it for a reason. I mean, that's, you know, I just think it's ridiculous. And then they added the raid, which is a, a total, you know, action uh, male thing. Uh, you know, Thailand, uh, I mean, um, now I can't remember which Asian country the raid was. It was I think it was Thailand. Uh, it's called the raid colon redemption. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Who cares? But they added that to presumably enhance the box office on some, some level. It was called the raid throughout all its film festival screenings starting in Toronto last September. Hmm. Nobody has any thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mean don't. Well, if you're, if you're, you know, um, <clears throat> if you're um, James Rocky or if you're, you know, Drew McQueenie, it's like, oh, you got to see the raid. It's, you know, it's one of the great action films of the, of the genre. And it's, you know, if you care about Asian uh, action, this is really uh, essential, necessary, must see. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was, Awful. I mean, I really, I, I understood that it's that it's got vigor and 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 brio and and great chops and you know it's got this relentless. But I couldn't stand it. But those, these guys love it. So, and hmm. Phil hasn't seen it, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Now, like what? Me. Now you usually yeah, keep gotta... up this stuff, Phil. You at least you know you've heard about it. You haven't even heard anything about it, right? The raid. You didn't the see raid? it. Raid. I've heard about it. I've read about it on your site, Jeff. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, not too much. I mean, I just had my one reaction, and I just responded to it. Um, anyway, four, four, uh, the, the, there really isn't too much throughout the whole. If you if you look in at films that are kind of supposed to be about something, and maybe something you might actually want to watch. As a, I mean, you know, who wants, who's going to see Goon, the, the hockey movie? What do, you, uh, do you have any thoughts about that film? I mean, it, that's that's. <laughs> no, just, I think that's, that's already yeah, on yeah. VOD too. Um, yeah. that's one yeah. of those things where they just do right. them both at the same time, day and date. Um, so I don't know for some reason. Oh, th there's one thing that I, I'm seeing uh, about like 10 days from now at a screening. And I know Sasha, you're a fan of it because you're, you're quoting the trailer. Um, the Island president comes out March 28th, mm -hmm. um, about, um, in New Muhammad York. Nasid, is wow. I didn't name. know I was quoted in the trailer. How cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Go watch it on, um, mm. iTunes. But yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting because that guy, he was just, uh, there was a coup d'etat. He was pushed out of power. Mm -hmm. the mall. So that's that's very relevant and very topical. And from what I hear, it's a, a great documentary. So, you know, we get that at the end of the March. So, What's going to happen with the Julia Roberts' um, Snow White movie, Mirror, Mirror? Uh, oh, that's going to be bad, I think. Why? Why? It's, well, there, there's the two Snow White movies. You know, Hollywood's doing that thing again where they're, they have a pissing contest. And, but these guys are first, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, it's not generating the same kind of heat as the, the one with Kristen Stewart and, and Charlize Theron. Um, and that's where she gets to be a soldier with 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 shields and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's much more you know guy friendly version of it. I mean, I hate huh. to be make generalizations like that, but mm-hmm. Mirror Mirror looks way too you know. And and what's his face? The director of it, Sam, just came out and started making fun of the marketing. So you know when oh, that happens. Oh God, really? Yeah, you know when that happens, the movie's in trouble. Um, and I think I agree with him. I think the marketing is pretty bad. They make it look really, you know, slapsticky and goofy and you know everything like that. I mean, I, he, he's made it with. You think he's tried to make a relatively sincere film, and they're trying to make it seem like a jape, like it's like it's uh, arch and and tongue in cheek. Because it sure seems like that in the trailers. You think he has not made that film? Um. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he made something that's a little more serious. I mean, look at the, the other films he's done. I mean, I yeah. I'd be really shocked if he had something that was just this like goofy. You know, disposable fluff. No, you're no. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm just trying to get yeah. you to explain. I presume because that's where yeah. he's coming from. He's not a, a, a satirist. He's a uh, yeah. He's a fairly sincere. Uh, you know, he, and, he, and he really believes in swirly, rich uh, movie imagery. And he's not. He's not some hack. He's uh, he, he. He stands for something. Yeah. Stands. Yeah. So I know it's it's just not looking good for that one. So. Okay. I thought that um, it was weird that they did the whole thing on the cover of Vanity Fair just to promote that movie. You know, it. it I hate to say it, but <clears throat> it just feels like Julia Roberts is kind of over, and to get like a huge, you know, cover on Vanity Fair and then have this like splashy, revealing interview with Mike Nichols inside. It was very uh-huh. strange. I thought the whole thing just to promote this one weird Disney movie. I mean, not Disney movie, but you know. <clears throat> just I seemed- felt that uh, what was the Tony Gilroy film that she was in. Duplicity. Duplicity. That was the end of her, I think, uh, when that when that tanked, because uh, she she would have at least if she still was Julia Roberts, right? Don't you think, Sasha? It would have at least opened. Then you know the movie would sink or swim on its own steam, but it didn't even open. Well, what about yeah, Larry Crown? That was a complete disaster for both of them. You know, right. former bo- box office gods, and they couldn't even open that movie. Mm. But. It was weird how the Vanity Fair article just sort of still presumed she was on top of the world, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. It just seemed weird to me, like kind of out of place. But I bet it'll sell. People still love her, right? Mm-hmm. But that movie looks terrible. <laughs> I will yeah, not see it's, it. It's bad. It looks really bad. So we think um, it's going to lose like lots and lots, right? Yeah, because, I mean, they had to. It's It's got to be a huge investment. Mm. Um yeah, and it's that's embarrassing too because you know as Jeff pointed out right away, it it is first. So for it to be the first one of the Snow White movies and you know not be the the more successful of the two is is bad. Right. I mean, yeah. The other one but, looks good. Um, okay, Phil. Well, that was great. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. uh, for chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. So what do what do you think of my uh, theory about? Um, about Rush Limbaugh and all the right-wingers liking it. They basically uh, uh, were venting something they didn't intend to um, to expose, but they basically want the culture to go back to the days when uh, when there were sluts and that, <laughs> uh, and that sex is more exciting when sluts were around. There are no mm. more sluts because the liberals have um, endorsed and, and, and put a warm, comforting arm, or like Obama did with poor Sandra you know, he, oh. he said, are you OK? You know, he was trying to comfort her because she had been attacked by Rush Limbaugh for being 
uh, a harlot and a wench and a slut and a prostitute for wanting to have uh, contraceptives. Um, you know, he was <clears throat> uh, basically so saying, funny. you know, if you're going to, we're going to pay for your contraceptives. We want sex tapes to see what hap- you know, what we're paying for. Really, one of the slimiest things that he's ever said, and that's really saying something for Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it indicated that basically they they want to they they kind of miss the the time when there was slutty behavior because as Woody yeah. Allen said, if if you know is sex dirty, it is if you do it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sort of reminds me like it's just we live in the funniest, weirdest, most. Um, hypocritical society right now because you have the internet, which is basically a, you know, a, a, you know, a smorgasbord of porn. It's like, you don't have to do anything to get a naked picture to show up on your, on your Google. Right. So you have these, (laughs) you have men with a lot of sex, sexual desire, most of them. Mm -hmm. And you have these stupid fake, you know, conservative saying that that it's somehow wrong outside of marriage well i can guarantee you that most of them are either looking at porn or they're cheating yeah sure right because what else are they gonna do you know mm. so they have every opportunity and they have there isn't there are no consequences for it but he gets to somehow appeal to the demographic that is supposedly going to vote for this you know it's just a way I should shut up on this subject. I'm going to cut all that out. That just sounded so dumb. Why? There, there is a duality between uh, uh, conservative right-leaning guys. They do have this, uh, uh, this allegiance that they feel that they have to uh, you know, uphold Christian values and, and, the, and the Puritan tradition that began this country, and they feel that they're the upholders of that. But they're at war with themselves because they have craven, carnal mm-hmm. lusts that they indulge, but they can't do it in, in a more healthy, open way, the way the liberals do. And what I think is uh, it was exposed by the Rush Limbaugh thing is that that he and people like him kind of missed the days when there were sluts. He was kind of calling her sluts, knowing that the the very concept of a slut is is kind of a 1950s or 1960s. Absolutely, I mean those so, no. those Hitchcock movies. Um, Psycho and the birds are basically like what society thought of sluts back then. <laughs> it was like you have Remember an affair it. with a married guy, you're going to get hacked up in a shower. You know, if you if you are yeah. you know n- dancing naked in a in a fountain in Rome, and you're a little rich girl who's going around sleeping with everybody, well, the birds are going to have their say. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and guy Haynes's wife in Strangers on the Train, she's a complete. Slut. Uh, oh, the, the wife? Yeah. <laughs> She's one of my favorite characters ever. Is your name Miriam? She's yeah. <laughs> so bad with her ice cream cone and her two men that she goes on the island with. Yeah, that's a yeah. slut. And what happens yeah. to her? She gets murdered, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last of the great movie sluts was probably Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction who was killed off because... Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, of course. Well, she wasn't really killed off for being slutty. That was actually kind of uh, fun, that, that the affair part in the beginning, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but the, uh, the she was killed off for trying to take it past the yeah. one-night stand and saying, I won't be ignored, and I want you to take <laughs> care of me now that we've had sex once, you know. Right, right. And you have to, you know, jettison your marriage. We are a couple of you and me through eternity because of one weekend's madness. Right, right. But um, when she killed herself in the original screenplay, that's not what people wanted. They wanted vengeance. They want to see the slut die, you know. Yeah. And um, I think that the Rush Limbaugh nonsense is much more about women voters than about male voters. I don't think that men 
Although you'd have to be really kind of fucked up to be a guy and to be talking about how contraceptive use is wrong outside of marriage. You'd have to be a pretty warped individual. Rick Santorum. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he's the worst of the worst. He is, he is so, as you know, he's so medieval. He's such a, oh, he really God. does belong in the, in the Middle Ages. He, he's really, God, the way his, uh, it's astonishing that a guy like him has, um, you know, he, he was a little more moderate when he was younger, or at least that's the way he was presenting himself. But since he's, certainly since the campaign anyway, he has become... I mean, uh, my 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 mouth is open, uh, slack jawed at the things that he says. You know, it's no, I know, I know, I, me too. And he almost makes Sarah Palin seem like you know a moderate. He almost makes her seem intelligent and like right. you know, a, you know, a sort of a candidate you could deal with. Rick Santorum, somebody you can't deal with. I don't know who's worse on that. Romney is like the only one that's even semi passable of that. He group. didn't say a thing about the Rush Limbaugh thing until like two days three days later and he says well you should have chosen different language in other words it I wasn't agree with wrong him, but, he, but he shouldn't have used the word slut but right. i do agree with him denial denial can you yeah. give me the quickly the story about that because i somehow missed all that about the who she was and why he was calling her a slut it was no. really about uh, about being about contraceptives being uh, offered as part of the uh, what she's paying at her college, she wanted it to be provided by either the government or, you know, she, she was unable to afford contraceptives. And she wanted, she was talking about governmental insurance assistance. Oh, I see. So it's all about that. It's more about the government paying for contraception. That's what yeah. they're mad about, right? That's what he was saying. He was saying that she's going to be a slut on our money. We want to see sex tapes since we're paying for that uh, activity, so to speak. Oh, that's what he yeah. said? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that, that was, you know. He said, I want to see sex tapes if we're going to pay for it? Ew. <laughs> that's so gross. Did he really? That's nasty shit. On his Thursday and Friday editions of his talk show, Limbaugh attacked Ms. Fluke as a sexually promiscuous and politically motivated anti-Catholic plant. <laughs> he called her a slut who wants to be paid to have sex. On Thursday, she said she was having so much sex, it's amazing she can still walk. And on Friday, after Senate Democrats beat back a Republican challenge to this new policy, he said Ms. Fluke had testified that she was having sex so frequently that she can't afford all the birth control pills that she needs. Uh, you know, on and on and on. Um, the, the Republicans have done an amazing job of, of, of uh, you know, throwing all this hate at, at women in general. And um, and uh, they've, they've done a... a you know, an astonishing job. It, it really, I would think that there would be a huge new block of women who might have been conservative-minded who are kind of not inclined to vote for Republicans as much since all this has happened. Hmm. Well, I, it's funny because the, the facts, you know, sex is never going away. It hasn't gone away for how many millions and billions of years? It is the thing that drives reproduction. It's never going away, never, Republicans ever, ever. feel that has to be sat upon and corralled and disciplined with a stick. Every well, then they also day. just don't want to pay for health care, no matter what. They'd rather they don't want to pay for abortions and they don't want to pay for health care. They want you yeah. to be able to afford your condoms and you to be able to afford your, your birth control pill. And if you can't, then tough shit. End up in the emergency room and let get on the dole. Yeah. But, you know, uh, or have a baby or an abortion or whatever else it is. But, I, you know, I also on the other side of that, I don't necessarily think that 
I mean, I don't know that I agree that the government should pay for birth control. I don't think it's that expensive, is it? Uh, well, here, let me let me go down the basics here. Um, she's uh, born in 81. She's uh, 30 uh, years old. And she's a Georgetown University law student, uh, a feminist activist, and a former employee of a nonprofit aiding victims of domestic violence. She was a proposed Democratic witness to a congressional hearing on contraception. She was denied the ability to testify before the hearing and sub subsequently testified before Democratic members of the House of Representatives. Rush Limbaugh then began the controversy by com commenting on her testimony. Um, her testimony, da -da -da -da, Representative Darrell Issa um, held a hearing on infringement of religious liberty and contraceptive mandates. Fluke was submitted as a witness by Democratic members. Issa denied her testimony, saying her, stating her name was submitted too late, et cetera, et cetera. In her testimony, she argued in favor of requiring private insurance companies and religious institutions to provide free contraception. She claimed that over the three years as a law student, birth control would cost an estimated $3,000. She continued that the lack of coverage would force many low-income women attending Georgetown Law School to go without contraception and that women's free health clinics cannot meet the need. She then discussed the consequence of such policies, including a friend with polycystic ovary syndrome being forced to go without birth control pills, resulting in a cyst developing on her ovaries. According to Fluke, her friend was denied coverage, even with a verified condition from her doctor. And this is not a rare event for women with medical conditions, such as uh, endometriosis, which all which are covered by most insurance plans, even at Georgetown. She then stated that she wanted equal treatment for women's health issues and did not see the issue as being against the Catholic Church. Ah, that's so, so that's, funny. That's the thrust of it. Well, good for her, but I mean, that's a tempest in a teapot, isn't it? You know that if you try to if you try to go anywhere near birth control, that this is going to be the reaction, right? Because it's it's threatening to give to give all the power to women. It's just threatening, yeah. pure yeah. and simple, right? Yep. To to have women be able to just say. However, I will also say that this is like to combat all the you know weird you must get pregnant propaganda that's on TV. You know, sixteen and pregnant, all these dumb like Kardashians walking around with babies and shit like that. I mean, mm -hmm. babies are the new accessory, you know, and um, a lot of. Uh, kids in middle school in right. LA are pregnant and a lot of high schoolers, minority kids and poor kids that they don't see women, girls, they don't see uh, any other option for themselves but getting pregnant, having a baby and being a single parent, you know, and that's what, unfortunately, this whole contraception brouhaha is not going to address. These are the women who uh, not only won't take birth control, but actively want to get pregnant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so give it to them. They're not going to take it or use it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I think he's an asshole, Rush Limbaugh, and you're right. I do think that he was sort of secretly getting off on. You know, he's a big old fucking pervert. Everybody yeah. knows that about Rush. You know, lots of content for wives. Boy, would I love to like trap him on some online thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I was, I was just going to say. Um, that uh, apart from all this, I want to just share something of a, of a it's just something that hit me, you know, in, in these days of, of, uh, of being sober and, and mm. not no wine in the evening. Not like, not that I was a, ever been a, like a, 
I, I used to be like a, a vodka drinker in the mid '90s, but I stopped that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you say you don't really drink that much. And I, I, I drank I last night for the first time in a really long time. I had like I had literally I had two gray goose vodka greyhounds, and then I had a uh, uh, margarita. <laughs> <laughs> But they must have been really weak because I never, I didn't wake up feeling sick or anything, you know. Well, I'll tell you what happens uh, has happened. I felt this. Uh, maybe this is just an existential condition that is a uh, quality of uh, of anyone's life uh, at a certain point. But there's a sense of um, it, this is what Lars von Trier was trying to get at in Melancholia. There's a sense mm. of dread about what is out there, what is coming. What is gathering the forces that are gathering? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the sense of kind of a nightmarish dread building in not just out in the world and not just in the culture, but but also within me, a sense mm. that something horrible was waiting in in uh, for to 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 either pounce on me or you know, and I, I I had that feeling that it was out there, and I and I did not have it. It was not a big goblin that it was wrestling with me physically as I walk through my day. I had a you know a pretty productive uh, life and I work hard and everything but but it's still there's that sense of of, of darkness about to uh, pound, ready to pounce on me at some given moment and I could sense it was out there. Mm. And I'll tell you what's happened since I've uh, in my almost three weeks of, uh, of not drinking. I don't feel that that dread is out there as much. I, I kind of like feel more together and it doesn't feel like uh, I think that there's something that alcohol does with you if you, even if you're just a mild wine drinker as I was, it, it, it creates a kind of a nightmare in your soul on mm. some level. Aww. Why are you going, all? Because I'm sorry to hear that that's what you were going through. That's sad. No, it wasn't a, an acute, terrible thing. It wasn't like, ah, I'm going crazy because the goblin's going to get. <laughs> no, it I was, know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think it has sense that there's bad stuff around the corner. You know? Yeah, if it's a regular part of your life, drinking or drugs or anything, then you're always one step away from losing uh, your sense of personal boundaries, right? Because it's, it's when you start to drink, you go off, not not like the lost weekend or anything you were talking about, just a couple of drinks at night. Um, just to calm down, just to enjoy the, 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 the bliss of a nice buzz on as you watch something or go to a party socially. A nice buzz on when you're at the party yeah. is a totally natural thing, and it seemed uh, harmless enough to me. I never got bombed. I see. I uh, hate drinking at parties because I always am like diarrhea of the mouth. I cannot shut up, and I don't. I'm, I'm bad enough in real life when I'm sober, but you know, if I drink anything, I mean, the only kind of alcohol I seem to be able to tolerate is like one little tiny cognac at night before bed. If I do do that, on the times in the really high stress months of Oscar, I was doing that to calm myself down, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, Jeff, is that we live in a really high stress um, environment, it, you know. And the problem with bloggers and stuff, and and most people now, is that we're having these high stress lives, sitting, sitting all day, mm-hmm. and that cannot be good for your heart. And I half wonder if a little bit of alcohol now and again isn't good for your heart to kind of calm it down from the coffee and the stress and. Sure, it feels good when you're having that first glass. <laughs> but if you were having these feelings of dread or whatever, then that isn't a good thing, you know. It's more, it's as much of an existential condition as anything. At least that's what I was believing. But I, I swear, I do not feel the goblins as much. I feel uh, there's nothing 
so great is waking up with nothing poisonous alcoholic in your system from the night before. It's a lovely mm. way to be, lovely way to wake up. So you got my email about that place in Cannes, right? You can forward to someone? Uh, yeah, I don't happen to know anybody, um, but um, I was going to say that uh, those people that are going, they're usually looking at it around this time. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, I'll, I'll forward it to, uh, to Svetlana. She's uh, maybe going with David, but maybe not. She's working on a documentary about um, uh, the former secretary, uh, uh, Robert Reich. Hmm. Uh, that's one of her things she's doing. Oh, great. She's so great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I hope she goes. I'd love to see her over there. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's exciting. So we have Can to look forward to. That's something. Yeah. All three, you know, three best picture contenders this year. Um, mm-hmm. Got their start there. Did you happen to see that long Twitter argument I got in with David Poland? Uh, how long ago? Just the other day. I thought for sure you would have seen it. I even wrote out. This is exact. This you know, this fight is going to be put up on Hollywood elsewhere. <laughs> I thought you would oh, have yeah, seen just, it. I don't. I don't follow each and everything. I try and stay. Uh... No, it was long. It was so bad, in fact, that I ended up losing like ten Twitter followers from it. It wasn't like nasty fighting, but it went on and on. He kept carrying on and on with me. Like I thought, <clears throat> usually David Pollan would give me one or two dismissive tweets, mm-hmm. but it was relentless. He just kept coming back. With to me about the academy, and I was saying what needs to be changed, and he was saying, but you can't change them; they're always going to be this way. And I was saying that's not true, and you know you have to look at this and that and this and that. And he's saying, oh, you sound like Daffy Duck. <laughs> Something like that. So you know it was funny. It was nice to talk to him. I I'm I'm sorry that it put off so many of my followers. They didn't want to hear this going on and on, but you know it can't be helped. Plus, with Twitter, it's like you lose some, you gain some. You, know, you can't get too caught up in the people that you lose. Well, I have a remark, by the way, speaking of, because uh, I, I can't uh, see how this is an interesting topic at this point. We've just gone through the whole Oscar year. I want nothing more than to forget about the, the year 2011 and to look forward to and jump into the, the you know the current year and just mm-hmm. kind of go with what's about to come uh do you agree with me that that sometimes when a when a movie has a really you know really really cool sounding title that that makes you want to see it right away no matter what it might be or how the uh sometimes the title is cool enough that you you just gotta see it Mm, i don't know maybe depends i bet pulp fiction is a title of a movie i would want to see that's yeah, one I well, can think you? of. No Country for Old Men is one I would want to see. You know, some yeah. titles are really, really good. The Godfather. Well, I'm speaking particularly. Uh, which is what I wrote about yesterday was the um, uh, the, the they finally given a title to the uh, Kill Bin Laden film. Mm-hmm. Dark Thirty or whatever it is. Oh, Dark Zero 30. Dark Thirty. Doesn't that sound like a great title? I love that. I mean, it has a real sound to it. It's got. It's just got a great, uh, great, great vibe, you know. It just yeah. makes me say there must be something really cool about this movie to be called Zero Dark Thirty. Well, it's um, military slang, and that you know, yeah. those military guys don't fuck around. That's why the Hurt Locker was a good title, and people yeah. didn't like it. But most people don't know military slang, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but they have a way of putting things that's beautifully blunt and yeah. to, right to the point. Um, 
some guy wrote that it's also oe it's not zero but o dark 30 you know yeah. but basically a reverse but it's a, it's a cool sound but yeah. i also read that they said on another site that that no marine would be caught dead saying because it's too improper to say o dark 30 that a, a real marine would say zero dark 30 ah but, okay <laughs> um, i can check with my friend who's a navy mm. guy and see what he says about it okay but um but yeah that, that that's i love that title I so that the, makes it right away gives it distinction. I think okay, this is going to be something that definitely yeah. And shows allegedly after waiting, I don't know how long they've been working on this thing for eons. I mean, mm, really, I can't really wait up, for another uh, Bigelow film. Are they? When are they releasing it? Is it even filming yet? No, it's shooting as we speak right now. Mm. Is it going to be for this year or next year? No, it's definitely it's locked in for. Oh, a, I'm so excited! That's awesome for a uh, December thing. It's uh, according to what I. Picked up somewhere uh, uh, that it's supposed to be the 14th of December, something like that. Great, great. Well, you know, somebody on your message board said that um, they thought it would make as much money as the Hurt Locker, but there's a huge distinction between the Hurt Locker and this one where the Hurt Locker was about, um, you know, the big muddy getting mired in Iraq. Nobody wanted to address it or face it. It was a horrible war, an unwinnable war. You know, we had no business being over there. Depressing, depressing, depressing happens to be one of the best war movies ever made, in my opinion. It's a masterpiece. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this one's different. This is Americans kicking ass, you know? Uh-huh. So unless you hate Obama, you don't uh-huh. want to give him any credit at all for having taken down Osama bin Laden, you know? Yeah. Um, you're going to have to be like, America, fuck yeah, and you're going to go see this movie. So I, it's going to at least double what The Hurt Locker made, although we should ask Phil that. You know, he's the box office guy. But I would think that a winning military story is always going to draw more, more box office. I hope she gets. I hope it's an Oscar movie. I really do. Well, that's what they expect it to be by releasing it on December fourteenth. Yeah, I mean, and the only problem, of course, is that it's cookie cutter Hurt Locker, except for the fact that it's a winner story. But you know, it has a military title. It's Catherine Bigelow. It's Mark Bowl. It's, it's not going to seem quite as fresh and as and as standouty as uh, Hurt Locker did because mm-hmm. that came out of just nowhere. And yeah, and if she sticks to the same bare bones style, and you're not going to have like, um, you know, uh, Ray Fiennes and uh, Guy Pierce kind of turning up and then dying, you know, they're not going to be able to pull that one out again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and but what, they are going to have people, according to what I read, was it on? Uh, Green Rant, uh, that there is a possible um, appearance of Brad Pitt, maybe. Mm, cool. Uh, you know, and the, but they're not going to say it until it happens. Uh, they're gonna, it's like in, in keeping with the uh, anonymity of uh, people in the SEAL uh, uh, Team 6, they're going to not let go of names until the last second. So. Great, great. So hopefully, does she have, are they doing it on a low budget again, or is it a high budget? I hope it's low budget, because she works better under those constraints. Her best Every, films have been with no money at all. Yep, everybody works better, because uh, it calls upon invention. But yes, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a big budget thing. But I presume it's probably a little better budgeted, just because when you shoot in Jordan and Pakistan, which is what they're doing, it's... Um, you know, there's the natural costs that are incurred, and, it, and it's, it's not cheap, but it's uh, but it's always better when you're having to be inventive and uh, and come up with solutions that are creative rather than financial to problems. Yeah, and one of my pet peeves is people who don't get or like the Hurt Locker. It bothers me so much. It's like it's one thing to be a military guy and to say, oh, they didn't get it right. I can totally dig that argument. 
uh-huh. people who just say, oh, it wasn't very good, you know, who are too stupid to know how good it was. Oh, it just drives me crazy. Uh-huh. No, they got to get on the bus. <laughs> well, I don't mind uh, people having, uh, you know, like if, if uh, you know, if they just don't explain things very well. People are not very introspective. They're kind of stupid in their, in even conveying what they themselves think deep down. And they just go with, with uh, default things like, you know, oh, it's not very good. Ah, you know, mm-hmm. it's not very satisfying. Overrated. Yeah. That's like the, the fanboy mantra. It's overrated. Like if the Republicans, you know, to revert back to what we were saying, if they had all said what I was trying to say here, which is that, you know, I kind of miss the days when there were sluts, and that's why I think that uh, I'd like to get the, you know, confidential and 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 police gazette and uh-huh, that yeah. Eisenhower sense of guilt about sex. Right. That I would at least understand what they're talking about. I think it's pathetic, you know, but but I get it. I see what they're saying. But they're saying, you know, you know, she's we don't want to pay for contraceptives. And, mm-hmm. Because she's a slut. That's so funny. He put his foot in it so bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Which he would not be backing off for a second. It's just that he is... Um, <clears throat> what is he supposed to be worth? Oh, worth God, I don't know. Million? He's, he's worth a, <clears throat> an astonishing amount of money. And yet his uh, advertisers started to bail on him. I think he lost four, if not six, according to another account. And uh, the writing was on the wall, and he had to do something. So it's not that he's, he hasn't changed his spots at all. He's just saying he's sorry because he wants those advertisers to stop bailing on the show. Right. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> and Michael Moore has pointed out, some of them are bailing anyway. You know, you can say you're sorry. Go ahead. We're still not going to advertise with you. I know. What a dumb thing for him to say just in general on that level, just on a, on a you know, on, on a commercial level. On a, but it, it was a dumb thing to say anyway because it's just not accurate. It's sort of like... You know, what he's accusing her of is that, you know, somehow this is going to, you know, be a wedge issue or whatever and and abortion, right? That sooner or later, if they can get this passed, then they can get abortion covered, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But they won't want to pay for health care, so what what are we supposed to do, you know? (laughs) Just let men find girls in back alleys and fuck them and leave them and who cares if they're pregnant or not, you know? Uh. Right? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's it's really uh, there's nothing. I, I just think there's you know um, I really uh, I don't know what to, to say. Is that I think Republicans are reprehensible on so many levels, and I find their approach to life reprehensible. And, and they feel that they have it's their calling in life. They have to stand up for the way things used to be, and someone has to do that, or there's going to be nothing but swirling chaos and there be no order no anything there'll be just liberals doing whatever they want there'll be gay people out in the streets doing whatever and they have to stand for what used to be that's what they feel mm-hmm. they, they they if they don't do that the who are they you know someone said i think it was bill maher said that um this was a ploy by the democrats a really smart ploy by the obama campaign to set a trap for the republicans because by introducing this ridiculous subject it's like it's sort of like what the weinsteins do with a scandal on a film like with um King's Speech or, or Bully or, or, you know, what they tried to do with the, uh-huh. with the artist. Um, I think that, that it, you know, 
it turns people's minds so far the other way that it makes it a lot easier for Obama to take the White House because they're not talking about all the stuff that Americans care about. They're talking now about the stuff that a very small minority of people really care about and everybody else thinks is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But that's what's in the yeah. press. That's what people are getting mad about. It's a really smart, clever thing to do, really. Right. But um, mm. but as soon as the Republicans figure that out and they stop, they'll stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, all right. So I guess that's it. Another Oscar poker in the can. Yeah. Enjoy. um, Oh, hi. You're going to see your mom again and stay up there or just visit and come back the same day. Yeah, probably. We'll just go up and have like a barbecue and then drive back down for school tomorrow and stuff. So now when I when you drive up there, do you go the one on one and then go north on that? Uh, what's that road that's on the way to Ohio? How do you how do you do it? Do I do. You, I go the five up to the one twenty six. You know, up through Fillmore by Magic Mountain, and then drive up through Santa Paula to Upper Ohio, where my mom lives. That's the town I was trying to think of, Santa Paula. Yeah. Santa Paula is the town between. Yeah, my mom's house is between Ohio and Santa Paula, up in the summit. Okay. So, um, we sure. take the back way. It takes sure. about an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, enjoy it. Um, All right, you have I'll, a nice day too. And um, and uh, I, I'm very very excited. I'm really glad that finally uh, it's it's wonderful to, to be able to know that I'll be a WordPress person next weekend. Yeah, like. that's so great. All righty. Well, I guess I'll talk right, to you later nice then. Day. You have All a nice right, day too. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. You've been listening to episode 71 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast and the bumper music um, I'm Bored by Iggy Pop and Oh Lonesome Me by M. Ward featuring Lucinda Williams. Thanks for listening. Everybody's going out Having fun I'm a fool for staying home Having none I can't get over how I got set free